Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Uh, if you're new with us today, um, I want to invite you to fill out a welcome card. Um, we're not going to stalk you or anything, but um, we just really believe God's been doing some amazing things here. We started a year and a half ago. We're about ready to celebrate two years in January. And one of the best things that you can do is just get connected. Lives are being changed and we're just getting started. So if you want to jump in and serve, we got wide on ramps to serve. We're not going to, you're like, Mike, oh, I've been burned by the church. Let's slow this thing down. Let me tell you a secret if you've been burned by the church. Let me just tell you a secret. Everybody has. The person sitting next to you was burned by the church. Okay, we've been there. And and that's what makes you a good candidate because you know. You know who's coming through these doors. You know how they're feeling. You're like, I don't want to go through that again. And that has been what's been very attractive about this church is that you guys have been in the know, very sensitive and reaching out and having fun. We like to have some fun. Today we're going to have uh, some fun. We're going to round out our series called um, Unmask, where we've been revealing relationship secrets. It's been a fun series. We talked about dating your spouse. We talked about what love is. Last week, we had uh, Dr. Corey Allen from Sexy Marriage Radio come here, and he told us to grow up <laughs> um, and, and grow up in your marriage. And today, we're going to talk about fighting. When I do premarital counseling with couples, um, one of the things I like to do somewhere in our, in our sessions and talk is I like for them to just Look at one another and, and tell, don't tell me, you tell them, why do you want to get married? Why did you want to marry this person and spend your life with them? And, and the things they share, it's, it's, it's I, I, I love them. They're funny. He has integrity. He knows me. We just have a great time together. We really connect. And it's a beautiful moment um, to just get to witness and see. But you know what they don't say? I've never had said during that time when I say, hey, why do you want to marry this person? You're like, you know what? I want to marry him because that dude's a liar. I mean, he has no integrity whatsoever. You know why I want to, you know why I want to marry her? She's stupid. I mean, try to give her directions. She couldn't find her way out of a wet paper bag. You know, um, I, I want to marry him because he's lazy. I mean, just I try to get them to do anything around the house is like pulling teeth. I want to marry her. She has no sexual desire whatsoever. I mean, you have better luck finding the Holy Grail than finding any sexual desire. She's like, hey, 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 I want to marry you. You talk about finding something. Let's talk about finding a feeling. I mean, this dude can express a fart. No problem. Feelings. There's nothing there. Like how do... How do we get there? We go from these loving moments to where we're face to face, but now we're at it. And some of us, we've been there. We have been there. Some of us today, you got a good mask on today, but you are there right now. And some of you, you're like, I don't, I don't want to go there, Mike. I don't want to go there. Um, you're like, I'm, I kind of feel like a Pinterest fail. You ever have a Pinterest fail? <laughs> yeah, this, this is what I thought was going to happen. 
yes, Halloween, let's do this. What? No. Or, or uh, you go to take the, the, the family photos and you're like, what the heck is going on? Let me just tell you, if you're here today and you feel like your marriage is a, a Pinterest fail or, or another relationship like with your kids, or a, breathe. In many cases, you're normal. This is normal. If you're here today and you're separated or you're divorced or you've been through a divorce, I want to say I'm glad you're here. God does not hate you. This church loves you. There's a lot of hope for you. Wherever you're at on the spectrum today, you're single and you're like, I want to get married today. We want to build you up. We want to equip you. In marriages today, we want, we want to give you some hope and we want to give you some tools today. But here's the reality. Every couple fights. Now, now culture, what culture is telling us in marriage is a train wreck on how to deal with relationships. That's kind of why we've been doing this series because if you follow your ways, your natural instincts, if you follow culture's way, it's, it's a mess. And so we've been looking at, hey, what, what does God, the author of life, say? How do we deal with this? Because we're all going to fight. It's going to happen. But healthy couples, they know how to fight fair. Healthy couples, hey, we're going to fight, but we're going to fight fair. Unhealthy couples, we're going to fight dirty. And we're going to talk about that today. Healthy couples fight with the goal of restoration. Unhealthy couples fight with the, with the goal to be right. I'm going to win. Some of Rita and I's biggest fights have come in competition. We are super competitive. We'll play some board games. We'll play some tennis. And afterwards, it's like, you're not my favorite person on this planet right now. Don't, don't even get near me right now. And the other one's like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> bring it on. I want. We want to fight with the goal of restoration. It's not about having winners and losers. You have an enemy in your marriage and it's not your spouse. You have an enemy in your marriage and it is not your kids. Although you can make a good argument for your kids sometimes. You're like, they're trying to rip us apart. No, Satan, he hates marriage. The first relationship of humanity that God created was Adam and Eve, marriage. And ever since, Satan has been trying to attack it and attack it and attack it. And he's attacking your marriage today. And he's trying to use fights, disputes to separate when God, I believe what we're going to see today, this is an opportunity. Conflicts don't have to be bad. Conflicts can actually glorify God and bring intimacy and enhance relationships if we handle them the way the author of life has said, this is how I've designed these things. They're inevitable but we're going to deal with them in a healthy way. If you have your Bible, we're going to look at basically one passage of Scripture. And it's in James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. It will be on the screens. If it's not with you, that's fine. It's up on the screens. James, just for context, he's the brother of Jesus. In the very first verse, read, read James 1, 1. He opens this letter. He opens this book by saying, hey, I'm James, the brother of Jesus. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I'm, I'm James the slave of Jesus, the Savior. Like, what would it take for you to believe that your brother is the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the God, God of the world, big G? Like, you got to know, Jesus' family, um, 
they didn't, they didn't believe in Jesus while he was still, still alive. It wasn't until they saw him die on a cross and then was raised from the dead that they're like, he's, he's God. He's the Messiah. Follow him. So when we quote James today, when we're looking at James, I'm not like just saying, oh, well, this is a good idea. No, James, the brother of Jesus, who witnessed his brother live a life, say great things, heal great things, didn't believe him, very skeptical. Then watches him die on a cross. He knew he called the shot and then he sees him alive again. You're going to follow that guy, even if he's your brother. So when I, this is James who's saying, this is how Jesus lived his life. These are things he said. And so we're going to put this into practice in our lives. This is what James says. He says, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And typically, we get this backwards. We are quick to get angry, quick to speak, and slow to listen. This is your, this is your equation for healthy fighting. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. What I want to talk about before we dive into that is why do we fight in the first place? We're going to fight. Why do we fight? It's, a good, it's good to think about this. One, we fight because we're different. Say not wrong. Say it. Say it. Say not wrong. Not wrong. Just different. different. You and your spouse, you're different. Just go back to creation. When God created man, this is how he did it. He said, the Lord, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and he breathed life uh, the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Pretty simple. Like there was just some dirt, some dust. It's like, okay, and then he's alive. Now, ladies, slightly more complicated here in your creation story. The man was asleep and the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. A, a surgical procedure had to take place here in creation. Then the Lord God made woman from that rib. Ladies, just slightly more complicated. We're different, not wrong, but different. But guys, have you, have you ever been driving down the road and you're leaving the house and you're going along and all of a sudden you hear from the passenger seat, and you're thinking you just drove over a small kid or might be driving over a child. And you're like, what was it? And she's like, ah, I left my sunglasses on the counter. <laughs> just a little more complicated. Or how about this? You're trying to go somewhere. You say, hey, you ready to go? And she says, I'll be ready in five minutes. <laughs> guys, guys, come on now. We can be on it. You, you know. I'll be down in five minutes. You, you know you got time. I mean, you could do some taxes. Mow the lawn, change the oil. You got time. You can, you can kind of chill and relax. Now, um, guys, you're complicated too. You don't know how to tell time. This is, this is equivalent to ladies, you going into the living room and saying, hey, how much time's left in the game? And he goes, oh, there's five minutes left in the game. <laughs> now you know. And guys, you know too, because the, the score's tied. And both teams have all their timeouts left. And they have all their replay calls, too. Like, ladies, you know, you have time. You're like, I, I can get my nails done. I can take a nap. Um, you got time. We're complicated. Not wrong, just different. Ladies, you are, and generally, you are relational. 
Like you go to the bathroom in herds. I don't understand this, never have. Uh, guys, you're more generally more visual, more uh, uh, physically, visually stimulated. I remember being in college once with my buddies. We're walking through the mall. And as we go through, I noticed one of my friends had stopped and I looked around and he's totally just checking out a mannequin. And I'm like, dude, the, the head is severed. And he's like, I know, but it's like, it's hot. And like, what? And then I kind of looked and I was like, you know what? Not bad, mannequin. Good, good, good job. Not wrong, just difference. Ladies are, are more sensors. Like they can give a look or they don't even have to give a look sometimes. It's just all over their body. You just know, right? Guys, have you ever had a, a, a woman tell you, I'm fine. Or do what you want. Just do what you want. Like, you know, like, do not do what you want. Stand still. Do not blink. Do not answer. Don't even breathe. Just play dead. (laughs) Why? Because it's all over them. You want to see a guy, especially a guy in Los Alamos, like, spaz out. Ask them, how did that make you feel? And Computing. Nothing like they there's nothing going on there, guys. We are we're more solvers, we like to solve things. I, I, I remember once, um, Rita and I we were actually we were sitting in a car having a conversation, and she was sharing with me several issues that she was struggling with or going through, and I'm in problem-solving mode. I'm like, I got this, you know, and so I'm like, this, 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 and then something just totally blew my mind. She interrupted me. She put her hand on my hand. She looked me square in the eye, and she said, I don't need you to solve this. I just want you to listen. Computing like I don't I like what you know not wrong we're just different why do we fight we're different why do we fight because we got single people issues hey, wait a minute no, no no we're married we got marriage problems let me we, we've defined marriage problems wrong let me let me tell you what some marriage problems are marriage problems is why why in the world would you take the toothpaste and squeeze it from the middle. Like, I don't understand. That's marriage problems. Marriage problems is, this is how you fold the towels. All right? Marriage problems, how do you load the dishwasher? Marriage problems is, no, those were my leftovers. What? No, you were not supposed to eat those leftovers. Those are marriage problems. Now you're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, okay, we have those, you know, where to eat. And I say, you know, I want to go to eat. And, and she's like, no, I don't want to go there. And, and, you know, I offer another place and we don't want to go eat there. And I'm like, well, you pick. Well, whatever, you know, that's marriage. You're like, we have more serious stuff. We fight about marriage, our money. And we do. We fight about money. We fight about unmet expectations, unexpressed expectations. Valentine's Day. I didn't know it was going to be such a big deal. It's not a big deal to me, but you didn't say anything. And now we're fighting about unmet expectations on something you expected, but you never told me about Mike. We fight about sex. We fight about the bedroom. What I want to suggest to you today, those, those bigger issues 
are single people issues. What happened was two single people with issues got married. And when you have issues already as a single person and then you bring them into a marriage, they only get exposed and highlighted even more and magnified and they play out in all of these other areas. You want to do your, if you're going to get married, you want to do your spouse a favor or if you are married and you want to do your spouse a favor and bring a great gift into your marriage this Christmas season, deal with your Issues. You got issues. Say, I got issues. issues. Some of y'all still didn't say anything. (laughs) We got issues. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Some of you are angry at your parents. Like you just got angry (laughs) when I said that. You can't go through a phone call with mom without the blood pressure going up. And already we're getting into the holiday season and the drama starting to unfold. We've got parent issues. If you don't deal with your issues, look at me, look at me, especially if you're married, like look, look at the screen, don't look at one another here because I don't want to start a fight. If you don't deal with these issues, here's how it plays out in marriage. The issues you had with your mom and your dad, you will start putting that and blaming your spouse because you haven't dealt with your issues. Your spouse is not responsible for your issues. You are. Some of you are looking at and you're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I know what's wrong with them. (laughs) Why this is happening? Just look straight forward, straight ahead. You're all right. You're all right. We're going to work through this. But you got to work on your issues. My issues are my responsibility, not my spouse's. If you're dealing with addictions, that's your issue. And your spouse can help you in that, but you have to face that and battle that and work on that. That's what Corey said last week, grow up. That's you getting a solid foundation with you and Jesus and you growing up to stand on your own two feet and then your intimacy can grow that much further and your marriage and relationships can grow that much further, but you got to deal with your issues. And a lot of these go back to your identity. We have identity issues. They've been married for 15 years. She comes into the living room. Ooh, it's cold in here. He snaps back at her. What are you talking about? It's cold in here. It's 70 degrees. How can you be cold? Why are you talking to me like that? Why are you acting like that? Why are you acting like that? You're the one who's crazy. You know what they're doing. It's stimulus response. Why is he acting like that? Because he doesn't know who, she, who he is, especially in Christ. She doesn't know who she is, especially in Christ. And everything that they're saying to one another is triggering something back to their childhood about when mom and dad say, hey, why can't you be more like your brother? Why can't you be smarter like him? Why can't you be successful like him? And, and she's like, ain't nobody going to talk to me like that. 
I was, my parents talked to me like that. I was in a previous relationship. Ain't no one going to treat me like that. And everything is going back and forth. Stimulus, response. Stimulus, response. And that is a horrible way to live life. There's a crazy cycle that Dr. Emerson, um, I can't say his last name, that he, he talks about, where someone has to break the cycle. There's got to be a better way to where I can respond and know my identity is in Jesus. I can get a firm foundation in there, and I'm not just in road rage mode, just responding to what happens here. There's got to be a better way that we can respond and deal with these. We're different. We, not wrong, different. We got issues that we got to work on that we've brought into our marriage. And yes, I got to put my identity where it needs to be in Christ. But we've got to figure out a better way. And the better way is the gospel. You say, how do I, how do, I do this? Look no further than the gospel. If you're new to Christianity, what is the gospel? To try to put it in simple terms, God loves humanity so much that he says, I want a relationship with you. Humanity screwed it up, called sin. God's perfect, God's holy. He's like, I can't have anything to do with sin, but I still love you. Now you would think, and a lot of us, we try to live it this way, and maybe you grew up in a religion that told you, he's like, hey, if you want to be in relationship with this God who loves you, you have to earn it. You have to work for it. Go to church, do all these things, and then God will love you. No. God said, I will do it for you. I'm coming. That's who Jesus is. God in human flesh, God's son comes. Fully God, fully man. I can't really explain that one. I don't know, but that's just what, what it is with God. And he says, I'm going to do all the work for you. I will sacrifice. That's marriage. I will sacrifice. I will take responsibility for your sin. It wasn't my fault, but I love you. I'm going to take responsibility, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to do it because I love you. And all you have to do is just receive it. Stop trying to earn it and do it on your own. That's the gospel. That's the good news. See, no one is more incompatible with God than me. No one is more incompatible with, with God than humanity. Like, God is all powerful. I, I am not. God is all knowing. I had a teacher one time tell me, break you're the dumbest smart kid that I know, all right? If you spend much time with me, you're going to know, I'm not very smart. God, he is, the creator and the author of life. And he loves you. So when my wife and I are incompatible, and there's so many things where we are incompatible, when I look at the gospel, I can see that God fought for me when he could have pointed fingers and fought with me and condemned me. And that would have led to irreconcilable differences. No, he said, I'm going to reconcile that. And he fought for me. And I want to bring that 
into my marriage. The gospel calls me to fight for my marriage instead of fighting with my spouse. And so what I want to talk about are three things as we wrap up here, and i got to wrap up fast. Three things that we can fight for in our marriage. And the first one is the battle between our ears. You want to fight for your marriage? Fight the battle between your ears. Quick to listen. We want to listen with the goal of understanding. So many times when we talk about listening, I want to listen to respond. I want to listen to defend. I want to listen to be right. No, we want to listen with the goal to understand. Proverbs 18.2 says, fools, fools. No one likes to be called a fool. Don't call me a fool. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. I remember one time I had said something to Rita, and I can't remember exactly what it, what it was that I said, but then she comes in, and she has the audacity to confront me. And, and what she confronts me on is says, when you said this, I felt this. And I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 wait. How did you make this leap and dance and twist like all the way over here? I said this and you got that? Are you kidding me? And my, my gut was like, no, I'm right. There's no, like, I'm obviously right. And right before I spoke, thank goodness, God just stepped into my life and like, I don't know if he stuffed a sock in my mouth or what, but it was like, wake up. If you're fighting to be right, you've lost. Okay, 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 okay. Your wife feels like crap because of something you said. Take responsibility for it. Not fight to be right. Now I'm starting to listen to understand. Okay. All right. When I said this, you felt that. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, some, some walls start to come down. This is totally unrelated, but I want to share this with you anyway, because we deal with suicide here in, in Los Alamos. I remember um, one time I was talking with a kid. Um, I've never had struggled with suicide, but I've worked with enough teenagers. I know that they struggle, and they deal with it, and it's real. And so even though I don't understand it, I can't deny that it's real because it's real for them, right? And so a kid's telling me about some stuff that he's dealing with at home, and it just sounds terrible. And in my gut, I'm really scared for this kid. And he's never mentioned anything about suicide, but in my gut, I was scared. So I said, have you ever thought, of, thought about killing yourself? I thought he was going to punch me in the face because I, I was like, who would ask that, right? But my, I was afraid. It's okay. If you're afraid, go ahead and ask the question. Let me give you permission to ask that question. But you know what he did? <sighs> yeah. And I've never told anybody. See, I went from, like, I don't understand why would you do that. That makes no sense. To he, he almost saw visibly like a wall come down, and it opens the door to a deeper level of conversation. Listening to understand opens the door to a deeper level of conversation. That's what Rita was talking about before. Can you have a relationship with someone even when you disagree with them? Because understanding creates a deeper level of intimacy. I'm going to fight the battle between my ears. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Second thing I want to fight for, I'm going to fight the battle for my words. And the two questions you need to ask yourself, should it be said? And should it be said now? One of the biggest fights we had in marriage was almost before, one week before we got married. We almost did not get married. Um, 
Rita had said something to me. I can't even remember what it was that she said, but I know how I responded. I said, oh, I think we need some space. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, you want some space? I'll give you some space. And she left. Now, we had our final premarital counseling session um, the week before the marriage that night. And I'm, I walked away like, oh, I, at first I was like, yeah, I'm good. Oh, wait, is she going to come tonight? Like, uh, like how much space is she going to do? And so I remember I like gave her some, some phone calls and it was like, ring, 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 no answer. You know, okay, let me call again. You know, then I get into the, the psycho dialing where I'm like, you know, and there's nothing. I show up into the, to the, uh, uh, a premarital counseling session, the pastor's like, where's Rita? And I'm like, um, like a puppy dog with my tail tucked between my legs. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. And should it be said, and should it be said now? Let me give you some, some rules. You might want to write these down. Um, these aren't necessarily in the Bible, but let me just tell you, these are what I would define, and maybe you and your spouse need to, to, to come to some terms on this one. What's a blow below the belt? What's fighting dirty? These are, this is fighting dirty. And some things to maybe um, put in line and, and for you and maybe have a conversation with your spouse. One is never call names. Guys, I don't care if she's acting like one. You don't call her one. Ladies, I don't care if he's acting like an. Keep it in your mouth. Don't call names. Never publicly criticize. Okay, you're going to have fights, but keep that in between you. Have you ever had that awkward situation of, pub, of couples fighting in public? It is not fun. And you're like, yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up. We're going to watch this whole drama show come down in front of everyone. It's not fun. Never, never criticize publicly. Never raise your voice. Hey, if you want to win the fight, if you want to win, Yell. That will win a fight. That will stop it. But again, we're not trying to win arguments here. We're trying to fight with the goal of restoration. Don't raise your voice. Never get historical. It's not a typo. I didn't say hysterical. Historical. In the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you hear it at weddings a lot. But it says, hey, love keeps no records of wrong. You're like, Mike, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, he was looking at porn for our entire marriage and hiding it. Like, how can I not remember and just let that go? I'm not saying trust may be lost. Trust is something that's going to take time to earn back. But love, love keeps no records of wrongs. If you want to be loving, you got to learn to drop it. Again, trust different thing. You're still going to have to work on it, but you're not going to hold that against him and bring it up and lob that grenade in every fight because you got the upper hand. Never say never or always because it's rarely if ever true. Well, he never or she's always or you're always. No, no, it's rarely if ever true. That's a dirty shot. Never threaten divorce. That's a blow below the belt. And finally, never quote your pastor during a fight. Well, Pastor Mike said, no, 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 no. You got yourself in there. Keep my name out of that mess. <laughs> Last one, fight the battle at the right time. Fight the battle at the right time. 
slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Ephesians 4.26 says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives you a foothold to the devil. Some of you take that literally, and that's fine, but sometimes I'm tired and I need to go to bed. Um, I take that more as a principle. Deal with it quickly. Rita and I have an unwritten rule. You got three days. Most of the stuff, if I do go to bed <laughs> frustrated at night, I would say 90, 95% of it, I wake up in the morning and I don't even remember it. I just learned that about my possibility. Most of the stuff is just drop it. Like I remember at noon, I'm like, oh yeah, I was angry about that. Well, it wasn't even that big a deal. But there's times when I do wake up in the morning and guess what? I'm frustrated. There's more times in the morning when she's frustrated or whatever. But we got this three-day rule. You got three days, bring it up. And let's deal with it. Deal with it quickly is what it's saying. So if I bring it up five days later, a week later, five years later, who's in trouble? Me. Because I didn't do my, hold up my end of the bargain and say, this frustrated me. I'm going to deal with it quickly. I'm going to give you some space. Oh, you want to give me some space? I'll give you some space. Uh, is she going to come in here or not? I don't know. She walks in the door. She didn't look happy. And she sits down for our final premarital counseling session as we plan out our wedding ceremony details, holding a pillow by her face and not looking at me the entire time. And our pastor looked at us both and gave us some of the best marriage advice that we have received that helped us get through that week and has helped us get through some tough times. He said, guys, guys, guys. High stress? Yeah. It's a lot of family coming in. I mean, it's all good stuff, but high stress, high pressure. And God's looking at you right now. High stress? High pressure? Work's crazy? Home's crazy? Family's? Yeah. High emotion? Yeah. I mean, we're at it. I don't know what we're going to do. You know what you need? Higher grace. That's the gospel. Don't, don't just sweep it under the rug. Don't ignore it. We got to deal with these things. But understand, high, high stress is going to create high emotions, and you can be at it. Or higher grace says, I'm all in on this thing. Not if, not if you do this, then I'll do that, because that's not Jesus. That grace was unconditional. That love was unconditional. It wasn't a 50-50 relationship with Jesus, and marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. You bring all of yours in. You bring all of your issues in and you deal with those. She brings in all of her issues and deals with those. Jesus was all in. He was all in for you. Are we going to fight? Yeah, we're going to fight. We're different. I got issues. I'm struggling with my identity. But I'm going to show grace. I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to listen quick to listen and understand, slow to speak, 
is slow to get angry. That will change your life. That will change your marriage. That will change Los Alamos and that Freedom Church. That right there, that will change the world. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.